Hello everybody, I'm Peter Travers and welcome to Popcorn where we tell you what is happening at the movies. And there's a movie now, which I love, called Detroit. Uh, it's set in 1967 during the Detroit riots, but it has a lot to say about how we live now. And my guest today, I guess you know him because he did that little Star Wars thing and he's continuing to do them. <laughs> but in this movie, this is a different John Boyega. So different John Boyega, welcome. Thank you, welcome good to see you again. In terms of Detroit, you're playing a real person. Yep. Tell us a little about this guy that you're playing. Well, uh, Melvin Dismukes is uh, uh, a, a young man who's uh, trying to go through life with two jobs, one of which is a, he's a private security guard for this grocery store. Um, he is an introvert, very soft-spoken, and, and means well. And on the night of, of the riots, he decided to go out and, and, and try and help. Uh, but unfortunately, through some several altercations and being witness to the horrific events that happened at the Algiers Motel, mm -hmm. he's brought into the story and ends up being charged with first-degree murder. So it's, it's, a, it's a twist of fate for him. Well, it's incredible because what we're seeing, basically, we're seeing a lot of bad behavior from the white cops. Yeah. Oh, this Algiers Motel incident, mm -hmm. yeah. 67, uh, three young black men are killed. Killed, yes. Nine of them are beaten. Yep. Two white women yep. are completely tortured during this time of yep. what's going on. And your guy is saying, look, maybe I can be a calming influence on this powder keg I'm sitting right. on. I mean, for me, I, I am speaking to him. It, you don't wake up in the morning and, and, you know, decide to find yourself in that situation. So decision making is everything. And he has to be very, very strategic. He knew that his presence at the motel could perhaps sway the police force at the time while they were there. But at the same time, he was kicked out of that scenario and that situation and then ended up being one of the one of the victims in this. Well, he does. He gets prosecuted, yeah. you know, as if yeah. you were doing this. Now, you had him. You had not only Catherine Bigelow directing you and Mark yeah. Ball writing this script, yeah. but you had Melman Dismukes to talk to. Yeah, and the great what thing was that is, like? it, was, it was amazing because it's, um, obviously there's a, there's, a, there's a bucket of, of information that, that, that I could get, but also, for me as an actor, it's always good to know that the real person is, is, is cool with you embodying them in certain scenes. Um, and he was, he was fine with not seeing any footage, gave me complete trust um, and then said, you know, you have access to me if you have any questions, but apart from that, you do what you need to do. Since Catherine Bigelow is the only woman director to ever win an Academy Award for directing, how do you approach working with her on a movie like this? Is it no, a different mean, than other directors that you've worked with? I mean, for me, what, what, what stands out more than that is, is, is the fact that she has a unique style and a unique process, and she is the definition of an actor's director. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's, it's an absolute joy to, to work with a director like that because you know that she's going to get a special, something special from you for, your, for this performance. And that's something that she, that she did. But you know, at the same time, I am hoping that statistic changes. <laughs> you know. I'm hoping Ava DuVernay joins that. That would be fantastic. But, you know, just to, just to see the, her process and her style that Catherine has, is, it's, it's so unique. There's a scene where you're being interrogated by two white policemen. Yeah. And poor Melvin is, is basically in this place thinking that he's done the best he can. Yeah. And they're treating him like the enemy. Yeah, yeah. And they bang on the table mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So is that something that they did spontaneously in one take or yeah, do you always I, knew I it had, was coming? I had no idea what those two great actors were going to do. Mm -hmm. 
you know, they, they'd, um, Catherine would have them out of the room and left me in that interrogation room just for a good few minutes before they came in. And when they would come in, there'd still be extras behind them moving around as if, you know, this was a, a fully operational police station. And, and they came and sat down and, and, and they already had their plan, the kind of like good cop, bad cop, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing going on. And uh, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know how they were going to approach each, each take. And every take was different. In terms of Detroit, what do you know about the Detroit race riots of 1967? What did you know about this? Well, I knew about the, 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 the situation in the grand scheme of things. I knew that there was a riot based on systematic racism. That's the way it was taught to me. <laughs> um, and then I also knew about the, the various attempts to, to, to keep the peace. I knew about the, the, the media's involvement and the way they, in which they twisted the story. But I, I, I knew nothing about this particular incident that happened at the Algiers Motel. And, and most of us didn't. Um, British or not, we, we all had to do a level of research to kind of get ourselves. I up think to, you could you find Americans who have no yeah. idea either. Yeah, yeah. So, it, but but what what's great about that is it, it created a a sense of, of of unity. Like we need to all kind of get down to this research and know exactly what happened. Um, and that's something that we we did, and we were we were fully you know, facilitated with good paperwork, good research, and and, and it's, it's actually highly documented. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot, there's a lot out there to, about this incident, but I just, I didn't know, I had no idea. Yeah, and you know now, and then when you see the movie too, yeah. you're saying, well, I see a lot of this reflected in now. Yeah. Too bad we haven't changed much. Yeah. We I see mean, the same headlines. Mm -hmm. We do. Of, this is a very sad thing to have to experience. Mm -hmm. But you growing up in mm -hmm. South London, you were mm -hmm. in yeah, Peckham, Peckham, Peckham yes, South East. Bend it like yeah. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Have, did you experience racism like that growing up? I mean, I've never experienced um, racism from the police mm -hmm. um, as, a, as a significant thing of my experience, but definitely from civilians, from people. Um, several different situations, you know, ended up in fist fights and all that kind of stuff. It's very tense time. I mean, for any country in which there's been a, a, a huge influx of, of, of immigrants, mm -hmm. They, they would have faced some form of, of, of racial tension. And, and my dad and mom came from Nigeria um, and, and we moved around a lot in, in London. And, and some areas we, we were at were, were all white before we ended up in South. But I remember when uh, the first teaser trailer for Force Awakens came out. Yeah. And you were the one in it. You were yeah. the stormtrooper. Takes off, Finn takes off that helmet. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. a black man. Yeah. And there yeah. were people, the internet trolls, who would say, What's he doing being a stormtrooper? Yeah, and that's, to me, is it, it, you know, we, we have debates in which, we, you know, racism is trying to, you know, kind of play down certain times. You know, you're told that you're playing the black card and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. which I get, you know, the, those arguments. But at the end of the day, that's a prime example. You know, there's a very specific, unique black experience, regardless of your, your status, mm -hmm. regardless of your success. There will always be a few idiots to remind you that, oh, you're black and this is the way we, we see you. But... It is what it is, man. When you were here last, it didn't happen yet. No. The movie hadn't opened yet. No. I said, oh, John, your whole life's going to change. Mm -hmm. Did it? Yeah, it did. It did change. It did change. But, I mean, I guess at the time, everybody had their opinion as to how it was going to be. And for me, the strange thing is I've still been able to maintain a, a sort of force field around my, my personal life in, in a sense that I still get to go to the grocery store and, and do my own shopping. I still get to go out with my friends and, you know. You don't, don't get know what stopped it is. by anybody on Not the all the time. And when I do get stopped, it's not, it's not to, the, to the point where, um, where I can't go out. 
Like, it's, it's actually strange. I think because most people see me and then say, nah, it can't be him. Sometimes I just go, you know, so I, the one thing I do like doing is, uh, you know, 1.30 a.m. Most of the time in my life, I'm going to be jet lagged because I've come back from the States. So I, I go out and, 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 and go do some late night shopping at a food store or something. And I go in my pajamas, I go in my PJs. And people are just like, that can't be him. He wouldn't do that. And it's the best thing ever <laughs> because you're like, they, it's like you're invisible because of what you're doing. <laughs> Do you try not to engage them in a conversation about how you can't be him? <laughs> like most, most people just see me, hear my accent and go, that is not the guy. That is not so, Finn. Yeah, that's just some random dude with PJs trying to buy some, some food. When Adam <laughs> Driver was here, he said in his building, <laughs> there's this 10-year-old boy who always says to him every morning, good morning, Kylo Ren. Really? You know? <laughs> and he says, but I'm not Kylo Ren. And the kid goes, huh. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are, yeah. 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 That's kids, that's kids, that's kids, kids don't. I, had the, I was in the airport line one time and I was flying to LA and I had this, this little Jamaican girl came up to me and said, um, how is your back? Like, have you healed? And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? And I looked up and her mum was like, play along with it. She thinks you're thin. She thinks you got into a fight with Kylo Ren. You got the lightsaber scar. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The scar's fine. I'm, I'm healing up. And she was just like, okay, good, good. It just, it touches the kids differently. So you are the characters of the kids. And I like that. It's fun. So you have to play into that. Have to, to play it. Regardless what you do, yeah. When it's an adult, you know, maybe it's a different thing. Oh, when it's an adult, you know, they, they get it. They get it. <laughs> what do they want? To take a picture with you or a selfie or to just It's do different. It means different things. I've, I've had a, a, a large number of people that um, just come and just want to have a, a quick hello and, and, and say congratulations and then they keep it moving. Well, and that's some a nice wanna, way to, to handle Yeah, that, that, to that way is nice for me. But me. come yeah. on, John, you know that you now, this movie came out, mm -hmm. we're going to get The Last Jedi in yeah, December. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, women are probably throwing themselves at oh, you. Oh, damn. Oh, come on, you know it. You got to have people that just fight them off. You know what? How do you let these women down? When I used to watch interviews with celebrities mm -hmm. in which they would be given this question and they go no nothing's happening i'd be like yeah right right it's actually true because of the work the schedule you can't keep up i mean most most women are are going to be like you know you're not consistent because you, you're on a flight and then you're, you're landing somewhere else you can't you can't keep up so so yeah i'm, I'm just uh, flying solo i'm single well, I heard that Ryan Johnson, your director on Last Jedi, it gives you a lot of hell about things. I yeah, saw yeah, him sort of knocking yeah. you on Twitter about yeah. uh, taking too much time off. I've, I've worked so much. I went from Star Wars 8 <laughs> to Detroit. Mm -hmm. I went from Detroit to Pacific Rim, and then went from Pacific Rim to Wojciech on stage. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to take a week and a few days, and Ryan messages me in front of all the Star Wars fans saying, get, get back to work, Boyega. <laughs> all of a sudden, I have like loads of Star Wars fans going, you got to get back to work so we have the movie on time. <laughs> you know, I was like so fed up that you were Finn and that you were always FN2187. Oh, yeah, yeah. And do you get in this at least the last name? Oh. Was that giving away too much? I'd be giving away oh, way too on. much. There has to be a little way kernel too of much. popcorn from this movie, you can tell me. We saw Finn, he was, Kylo was horrendous to him. Yes. This yeah. kid was right, he was worried. Well, he's, he, Finn wasn't the best of, um, the best of uh, colleagues. I mean, he, he, you know, he wasn't that great to his boss. Kind of left with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, 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 breaking out a, a pilot and, and shooting up a few stormtroopers before he left. 
you know, property damage to, to, the, to the first order and all that kind of stuff. So Kylo wasn't really happy with it. So you, it's understandable. It's understandable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But there was a lot of things that happened since that. Uh, Carrie Fisher, we lost. Yeah, yeah. That was sad. Yeah, that was very sad. You didn't sad. have many scenes to do with her. Uh, we have many scenes in eight. In, the, in this yeah, one. Yeah, in this one coming up. We, we work together closely. How was this. she with you? Yeah, amazing. You know, it's the same old, same old. I mean, you get to know someone. The gloss and the glamour of who the person is, it, it starts to kind of go away and you just see the person and you're having mm -hmm. a great time, you're enjoying each other's company. And I was in Nigeria when I found out I was with family and um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was strange, a strange feeling. I, f I felt like everybody in the cast and just obviously around the world just went silent for a bit, kind of like a dim light. But um, yeah, I mean, this, this movie does her a lot of, it sends her off in, in a very amazing, amazing way. And she's, she, you know, she's still kept alive in this franchise. And that's, that's the beauty of it. You know, she, she lives forever in that sense. Well, I mean, if film can somehow convey immortality on somebody, Star Wars certainly can do it. Oh, yeah, Star Wars, yeah, yeah. After you're long gone, you're still going to be somewhere like this. <laughs> well, you still, could be. The oh, lightsaber. Yeah. Do you oh, have yeah. the lightsaber with, with at home? something, with something. Come on, do you just, do you use it? I have a blaster. Ryan Johnson blast. gave me like a my my original blaster that I used. But he wouldn't give you anything. Ah, you know? He gave me a good few things. He gave me a, a nice art piece that was up on my wall. He's nice. I like Ryan. Does Harrison still? Because we know we're not going to see him again. I know. Uh, I know. No. No. Yeah. Things happen there. Yeah. So does he? Does he still call you once in a while and say how he you actually, doing? He actually uh, done a done a quote for me for for a magazine shoot that that I did and and spoke very highly of me. I had to shoot him a shoot him a message saying much appreciated. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks, kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's cool. Man. Yeah, he doesn't Harrison. vocalize that much about what his and emotions I, are. And I love it because yeah. I, I I love being the guy on set that kind of makes everyone see the, the tough guy in a, in a different way. So, yeah. you know, when Harrison would, would be walking, you would see me on his back just giving him a hug. Like, <laughs> I'm sure he just loved that. I know, he had like a straight <laughs> face like, oh gosh, get this kid off me. <laughs> no, I can't yeah. do it. When I saw uh, Ryan Johnson last, I asked him to do the Wookiee voice. Was he good? He was horrible. Yeah, he's horrible at He that. was just horrible. Um, Ryan Johnson you? has no talent when it comes to Wookiee voices. Can you do a Wookiee? <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. It's not an angry Chewbacca. No, no, no. This this Chewbacca is about thirteen years old. Yeah. Uh, currently in high school <laughs> and, and in the Wookiee land, so he's much more sensitive. Oh, so he's just yeah, he's so good. Yeah, he's just he's just cool. All right, so we end as always in song. Yes. What have you prepared for me today? Ah, uh, I don't have one. Of course you do. I don't have a song. I bet Finn had a song. What kind of song would one he have? One day we're gonna find out where he came from. I don't, a walk. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> See, mm. I just moved that in as if it, it wasn't important. Interesting point. It was interesting point. <laughs> <laughs> interesting point. Who is he and where did he come from? Oh, but yeah. what would he be listening to uh, on his earbuds? What are you listening to? Oh, I am listening to a, a lot more Motown because I went and visited the, the, the Motown Museum in Detroit. So well, I it would went, be I perfect if you gave me a slice of Motown. Yeah. A, B, C. Easy as one, two, three. I'm in the me. A, B, C, one, two, three, baby, you and me, girl. But yeah, that's the feels right now, Motown. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. You're always great to see you. All right, dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>